to Mindset Meets Mastery with Arlene Gale. We're talking about the stories we tell ourselves, the mindsets, myths, and misinformation that can hold us back, and then turning our focus to action steps that bring about success mastery in business and life. The goals are to define success on our own terms and to master that success without excuses or apologies. That's right, everybody. Welcome to today's program. We are not making excuses or apologies. We're going to jump right on into this program. So, you know, I know a lot of you don't know me very well, but what I really want to do with Mindset Meets Mastery is to take a deep dive because the only way that we're going to be able to face the things that the mindsets that hold us back and keep us from mastering success are those things that, are, that we may be burying or trying not to see. <laughs> so I want to be very honest because that's the whole point of this program. We all have stuff <laughs> that we're dealing with, and those mindsets hinder us from success mastery. And that's where we want to go, regardless of how you define success. We want to master it. So with that said, I'm going to tr- try and be very transparent and very honest and vulnerable during my program. So this program is no different. So I'm going to confess to you that as I booked today's guest, he had me thinking a lot about superheroes. So think about it. How would you define a superhero? Well, I tried to define a superhero and I kept writing notes and kept adding things. You know, when you make notes about and you're brainstorming, you got all these arrows all over the place and whatever you wrote no longer makes any sense. It's clunky and it's bulky. So I looked up the definition of a superhero and a common part of the definition of a superhero is that the superhero is a fictional character. Now I think that's really, really important because a superhero is created by somebody's imagination. Superheroes like Spider-Man and Superman and the Hulk and all of the rest of the characters that we identify with as superheroes, they're made up, they're created. But part of the, superhero is that they're using their superpowers or their abilities beyond what an ordinary person could do. And more important than that, they want to use those abilities to help change the world or save the world, depending on what the, um, the subject matter du jour is. (laughs) So if you look at it that way, if you have these super abilities that can make the world a better place, that would be amazing. Wouldn't it to have some of those, those abilities. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a superhero, right? So the more I thought about it, the more I thought, hmm, I'd love to have the toy budget that Tony Stark has, wouldn't you? (laughs) To make all of these great gizmos and gadgets, you know, not for me, of course, but to make the world a better place. (laughs) Don't forget that part. Um, What about, um, do, do you all remember the old movies, The Incredibles, and that mother had the, the superpowers where she could stretch You know, as a mom, being able to stretch across the house and around corners or upstairs and around corners, that would come in handy probably only two or three dozen times a day, right? Have you ever sat down and had this conversation with your kids or family or friends about what superpower would they pick? If they could only pick one, what would they pick? You know, and if they just sat in traffic, they might say Spider-Man because who wouldn't want to be able to squirt their webbing all over the buildings on the roads by the road and just get over all of that traffic. 
So being a superhero has a lot of luster to it. It really is something that we would like to be, but we can't because we don't have those superpowers. Powers. Um, and what I tell my clients as a book writing expert is people don't want to read a story, a nonfiction that's supposed to help them out of a dilemma or to solve some problems. They don't want to hear about a superhero. They don't want to learn from a superhero. They want to learn from somebody who is authentic and who has walked the same direction they have walked, but is further down the road. So when somebody picks up your book, they can read it and go, this guy gets me, or this, this lady, she gets me, and she's going to help me take the next few steps towards success. So when I started thinking about that and all of these things coming together, I started getting really confused about, so superhero, action hero, what's, what's the difference? So it's a good thing that before I pulled out all of my hair, I had my, my friend and guest today, John Davis, to, to come on and talk to us about what is the difference between a superhero and an action hero, a real life action hero. So we're going to take a deep dive into that topic, but first let me introduce you to my friend, John Davis. He has lived a life of an action hero. He's been a professional fight director and a stuntman for stage and screen. He is an artistic director for three regional theme parks. He's a sword fighting comedian. Now you might ask yourself, what is a sword fighting comedian going to teach me about being an action hero? You just wait and see, because he will. He's been featured on the Today Show and the Discovery Channel. He's a college professor and a motivational speaker, author, and coach. John has taken his inspirational message to 16 countries around the world, including the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan, as he's been on six USO tours. That's where he began to study what mindset has to do with achievement. So without further ado and my rambling on about how wonderful John is, I would love for you to meet John Davis, my special guest today. How are you, John? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Arlene. Well, awesome. So let's, let's get to the first question. What is the difference between a superhero and an action hero? Because well, well you, don't really... have to, you don't have to pull your hair out about it because I've already done it for you. All right. Good. There you go. It's all gone, right? Um, <laughs> There's a couple. There's a couple of differences that we need to discuss. You know, um, the first of all, uh, superheroes have a, a, a seriously diminished fashion sense. Uh, hmm. They all they all wear their underwear on the outside of their pants, and they all are still wearing capes, which kind of went out like you know a couple hundred years ago. Or and, when they were seven years old. So so right, so right. superheroes should be easy to spot then, right? Very easy to spot. The other thing you said you said su- superpowers, right? You know, they got those superpowers. Now, how did they get the superpowers? Well, they usually got that superpower by being irradiated by some sort of goo of some sort or being bitten by a bug that was irradiated by some sort of goo. Usually there's goo involved in some way, and it's usually radioactive goo. Um, And when you really think about what a superhero is, a superhero is what I like to call a slacker. Because when a superhero does something super, they're really not getting out of their box. They're just, you know, we expect them to do super things, you know. If you got superpowers, you should do super things, right? right. See, but an action hero is something entirely different. An action hero, hero is an ordinary individual who creates a super result. And usually, and if you really break it down, the word action means to create motion, start momentum, or to do something. And the word hero means to achieve an extraordinary re- result in service of someone else, in service of others. 
And so uh, to be an action hero, you have to get off your butt, off your couch, go out and do something for somebody else and achieve an extraordinary result for them. And so, so let me go ahead. make sure I understand. So you said an action hero creates super results and yeah. superheroes are just doing what's expected from them anyway. Right. They're not doing anything over the top. They're doing just super stuff. And if just you're a superhero, yeah, if you're a superhero, super stuff is not out of the box, right? It's right. not going over and above. You know, it's okay. not leaping over the tall building. <laughs> there you go. They do what we expect from them. So we really, we really can. Okay. Well, let me ask you this question instead of making a statement. Does that mean that all of us are capable of being action heroes? Every one of us. Being an action hero is simply a choice. And, it's, you know, we all have the, the ability in ourselves to, to awaken our inner action hero. And it literally comes down to how do you awaken the interaction hero? Because especially right now, right now with all the COVID-19 and all the, all the change and adversity that we're going through right now, a lot of people have been knocked down and, they, and they, they've lost that inner power. They feel like it's been kind of taken away. And so, and so right now, how do, you, how, do you get to your inter, how do you get to your interaction hero? How do you get to that place of power? Well, the, the biggest thing is you have to address, address it in a way that will, will kind of hack that fight or flight response that we all have. And I, I, in, my, in my working with the guys overseas, the soldiers overseas, and working with stuntmen, I've actually deciphered it down to a, a simple process known as the five Fs, which is um, the, the mental process for hacking the fight or flight response and to, so you can achieve more. And I would love to share some of that with you today. Sure, I'd love for you to do that too, but let me ask you a question. Okay, so you're saying that we should hack that fight or flight response, that it's not serving us, but isn't that the very thing that keeps us from being eaten by the bear? <laughs> I mean, explain think, that. Well, think about this. Think about this. The, the fight or flight response. It, it is the thing that keeps us from being eaten by the bear. How many bears have you run into lately? In town, not many. Not many, right? Maybe one in my lifetime. Who actually run into and like literally run into a bear, right? <laughs> and when and I guarantee you, when you run into the bear, there's gonna be a, a process by which that fight or flight response is gonna kick in and you're gonna get out of there, right? That's okay. how that's gonna work. However, the problem is that most of us have a situation where we have this natural fight or flight response where we our our mental process is, is that we assess everything that happens in our life as to whether it's a threat or not. And so when something comes up, we automatically go, is this good or bad? You know, is this good or bad? Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's the threat, right? And, and what happens, the, f the first thing that happens to any one of us, whenever we get nervous or afraid, you know, we have this moment of fear. You know, is it going to be, because now people ask me all the time about fear, because um, when I talk to my audiences, I say, can anyone here define fear? And the number one answer I always hear is the classic um, uh, false evidence appearing real. And I completely disagree with that assessment. Hmm. And the reason I disagree with that assessment is because they're looking at some evidence that's outside of themselves. Because when you break down fear scientifically, fear is an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with the focus on the outcome being negative. It literally is negatively focused on certainty. That's all so, fear really is. So fear is a mindset? It's a total mindset. Absolute okay. mindset. So, so, so take us below that. Cause I'm, I'm not sure I quite understand yet about, I mean, cause if it's a mindset, that means that we've learned it somewhere. We so, have, we have learned it by, from our caveman ancestors right on up through, 
right? And, and we have the natural fight or flight response. And they know it's a natural flight or flight response because when they, they, they kind of jerk a, a little baby and they kind of like let them drop a little bit, they have the natural flinch reaction. And that's a natural, natural fight or flight response. But the other thing is, is that, that we all have the natural fight or flight response on ordinary mundane things. And I'll give you an example. Okay. If you go to see a horror movie and they do a, 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 a shocking moment, have you ever done this? <gasps> right? Yes. Right? Or, or watched your child almost fall over and go, <gasps> right? That is the first response that happens in, the nat- in a fight or flight response. It's the natural thing that all animals do. And, I, and you know, if you watch um, National Geographic shows on TV, there's always that one with the gazelle. You know the mm-hmm. gazelle? The doomed mm-hmm. gazelle, right? He's yes. out there eating his grass in the field. It kind of looks like this. <laughs> exactly right? like that. Exactly like that, right? Then the predator cat hits the field, right? Yep. The first thing the gazelle does is, <gasps> well, the reason that fight or flight response happens is because the, the gazelle is actually pumping his lungs up so he has enough oxygen in his lungs so he can run further and faster. And it's a natural response that we all have. So when we're here and we see that, that movie and that thing scares us, and <gasps> we're actually preparing our body to run further and faster. But in today's world, you don't have to run further or faster. In, in today's world, you, you, you literally, if something like that's happening, it's not about running further and faster. Like say, for instance, you get a letter in your mail that kind of scares you, a bill that comes due that you're not ready for, right? Mm-hmm. And we have that same gasping response. So in that moment, you have to be able to set that fear aside. And so when I talk to the, um, the soldiers in the field and the stuntmen, on, you know, I take a stuntman, I put them up on top of a tower and I'm expecting them to jump off a three-story tower, right? And Yikes. they're up there and they're terrified, right? Well, the first thing you have to realize is that you have to adjust your breathing because that thing where you're holding in the air for that running further and faster, what that does is that shuts off your cognitive abilities. It shuts off your brain so you can't focus on the things that are happening here and now. Mm-hmm. Actors in Hollywood are trained that if they forget their line, they're supposed to stop, take a big deep breath and let it all out, relax their muscles. And it's an it's interesting thing. All their lines rush back into their head because that when you're in the fight or flight response, your body wants air and lines supersede, you know, or air supersedes lines basically. Mm, okay. So, go ahead. Well, but but fear, you know, going back to the fact that you know fear comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so fear comes from struggles we've had in the past. Sure. So we see something that potentially is going to play out like we've already programmed our mind to play out, um, which, as you said, is not doesn't have a positive outcome. Right. So, but, so with all of that said, aren't struggles what define who we are, what make us who we are? Well, it, it's, it's an interesting way to go about it. You know, it, when, when you think about your, your outcome, what you're trying to achieve, you know, we have, our, our brain is broken up into many la- layers. We have the, the subconscious, the conscious, the superconscious, these layers of, of consciousness, right? Your conscious mind is the place where you actually do things actively in your present moment. Right. And what happens is when you when you consciously focus on something and I'll, I'll bring you back to struggle here in a second. Okay. You, you, you consciously focus on anything. What happens is your subconscious mind will start to show it to you or show you ways to achieve it. 
And I can prove it right now. I'm sure that every, the, maybe you and every one of your listeners has bought a car or it's, most of you have bought a car, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll bet most of you at some point decided what kind of car you wanted to buy before you went to the store to buy it. Because, you know, you, you, you shop for those things, right? And then once you made the decision what kind of car you wanted and before you went to the store, didn't you start seeing that car everywhere? Well, you usually start seeing that car yes. everywhere. And the reason is, is because your subconscious mind has kicked into what you've consciously chosen. So when I hear people say struggle equals growth, you know, that we have to go through struggle to get our growth, I, I say, well, I'm going to tell you that if you consciously focus on struggle, then you're going to see more struggle. If you f- consciously focus on life being easy and life being, you know, moving forward, mastery is an interesting thing. You, the word mastery is, is fascinating to me because mastery is, is, is not an end point. Most people think it's like, oh, I've, now I've mastered this. There's mm-hmm. no ED on mastery, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> mastery, to be a true master means that you, you, you've, you've learned the skill set, but now you're, you're improv, improvising and, and, and experimenting and, and playing with what you know, with your knowledge. You know, if you're truly a master of who and what you are, then it's your job to expand what you're doing. Because, like, for instance, if, I've, if I'm in a business and I've mastered my part of the business and then I say, okay, I've mastered this and I stop learning the new technologies and systems and everything, somebody's going to surpass me because they're going to get all the knowledge that I have and they're going to get the next knowledge and suddenly they're going to be the master, right? It's the same, right. Thing in our, the same thing in our life. You know, life is about motion. We're constantly moving. And, and I always hear people talk about the fear of change and being afraid of change and adversity. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's a lot of change and adversity. And the interesting thing is that no successful outcome has ever been achieved without change. You know, it really is. Right. So, right. so it's like the mental space of our, you know, the mindset of either, are you positive or are you negative? You know, and if you can stay in the, stay in the positive side of the, of the chart, you're going to start seeing, your subconscious mind will start showing you positive things. So, I- I want to go and I want you to go into your story a little bit because I'm, you know, I know your story and, you know, it's very inspirational. It's very motivational. And, you know, I can see so many steps along the way that I would have just said, forget it. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. Time out. And there was even a time when you couldn't be in forward motion physically. So so tell us a little bit about how you got so smart. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't, I, I will never say I'm so smart, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a student like everybody else. We're all learning it. I'm all moving forward. I I've, was, you know, in my life, I really wanted to be a stuntman. That was my goal in life. I wanted to be a, a sword fighting stuntman. I, I studied architecture in school, but ended up going to um, a Renaissance festival, meeting two incredible men named Brad Waller and Payson Burt. And they're both professional fight directors. I had no idea that they were very well-known fight directors at the time. And I found a passion for sword fighting and, and, and combat and for, for stage and screen. And I, um, they ended up you know, helping me become a fight director as well. But during that time, I was really, I was, I was young and, and I had long Fabio hair. <laughs> and, and I did, really, honestly. <laughs> and uh, during that time, I, my goal, I had set the new goal. And we, that's, that's part of our whole process. You know, you have to, you know, when the stuntman's standing on top of the tower looking down, 
he's focusing on the pad and where he's going to land. He's not focusing on the jump and the fall. So mm -hmm. where am I going? So we always need to focus on our landing. Where are we going? So my focus at that point was to be a professional stuntman. That's all I wanted. And one day <laughs> I was helping a friend of mine who was a professional potter, made beautiful pottery. I was helping him unload boxes of clay from his van. And I bent over inside his van. I was all big and buff and strong because I was a sword fighting stuntman. I was, I was really into it. And uh, I got in there and I lifted this 80 pound box of clay and I turned to, to set it outside of the van and my upper body separated from my lower body. Ouch. And I collapsed. And they rushed me to the hospital and they informed me that I had a condition known as spina bifida occulta, which for those of you who don't know, it basically means that my vertebrae never formed properly at birth. Usually they, they come around, they make a circle with a little flange on the outer edge. And mine, when they came around on that circle, bypassed and actually missed touching, touching the, and making the flange basically. And so I had these three vertebrae that just were not formed properly right on the top of my pelvis. And when I twisted that day, I literally unscrewed the upper, my upper body off of my, off of my pelvis. And the doctor told me that day, he said, John, you'll, you'll never have a physical career. This is, this is a lifelong condition. It's just never going to be something that you're going to be able to do. I know you said you wanted to be a stunt man. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be a stunt man. You're not going to be a fight director. And while I was in the hospital, a friend of mine gave me a book called The Tao of Zeet Kune Do, which is a book by Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee wrote it when he was in traction after a doctor had just told him that he would never do martial arts or wow. lift a weight again. And it was all about remaining flexible and having that. But that, that unintended. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, right, right. Exactly. Well, I mean, and I apologize, but I mean, how old were you when this happened to you? I was 22 years old. So 22 years old and your dreams, somebody's just told you that everything you've dreamed of is no longer possible. That's correct. Wow. Okay. Correct. So then what? So I read this book and it was all about being flexible. And, and the more I learned about Bruce Lee, of course, Bruce Lee had died, you know, back in the sixties, right? right. Or 77, early seventies. And um, so, you know, he was long gone when I got this book, but every movie that we know Bruce Lee for as an adult, because he did movies in Hong Kong when he was a child. Every mm -hmm. movie he did back that we know him for, that he's famous for, he did after he was told he would never be able to do it. Wow. And so I took his inspiration and I just decided that in my present moment, I'm going to consciously decide, I'm going to choose not to be stopped. I'm going to remain flexible and keep my motion forward. Well, what that ended up doing was it ended up... Um, I went on, I did, I did sword fights and I did stuff for movies. And I, I, did, I ended up putting together a comedy sword fighting show that worked at Renaissance festivals all over the world. Um, and for those of you guys who don't know what a Renaissance festival is, it basically means for many years I was wearing tights and living in the woods. Trying, not trying to, to be a superhero. Right, right, right. Well, I, I wore the underwear underneath. It's okay. Okay, good. <laughs> so um, I was wearing tights, living in the woods and, and doing sword fighting shows. I ended up, after I got out of the hospital, I did 4, 000, over 4,000 live sword fighting shows, plus stunts, plus fight direction. Plus I had a completely physical career wow. in my entire life. And it was all by keeping my mindset in play. 
keeping my mindset in place. I've never had my back repaired. I've never had pins put in. I still, as I sit here right now, have spina bifida occulta, but it, it was all about keeping my mind in play. And if you keep your mind in play and you keep your motion moving forward, then you have the ability to, to achieve anything in your life. And I never thought it was going to be a struggle. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I, I am just doing this. So how long from the time you got that diagnosis that you never can do whatever to the time you got up and you started, you started that road to the 4,000 sword fights? Well, I'll tell you what, it was a very interesting process. I, um, I ended up starting my show that next year. Wow. And I, I had moments where my back would go out like that again. And it happened for, for almost a decade in and out. Wow. And, and I just said, nothing's stopping me. And as I went forward, I just, I just, you know, I'm just staying in my mind space and, you know, people would see me walk off stage and they'd see me be sore or something. And I would just blow it off, you know, because it's just a mindset. I can be a victim to, of my circumstance or I can be an action hero and keep moving forward. You know, I can be an action hero or a reaction zero, you know, and Ooh, would you say that again? Yeah. I can be an action hero or a reaction zero. Action versus reaction yeah. is what you're saying. Exactly. And that's a choice. That's a mindset choice. And your reactions tend to be based in your fight or flight response. Right. Okay. So as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about what you said and you could have chosen to take on the um, you'll never be able to do this and use that as self-defeating talk. You know, I happen to be a person who grew up in a, a violent household who was told you'll never be good enough. You'll never do this. You'll, you know, you, nobody will ever love you, all that kind of stuff. And that, and I know lots of people who've been through things like that and they take those things on and it becomes self-defeating talk. So how do you help somebody or what would you say to somebody who's running that kind of self-defeating tapes in their head? How would you change that mindset? Well, I, I have a lot of experience in this. My father was an abusive alcoholic and, um, and he, they, they, my parents had seven children and I was the lucky one who was the black sheep. I was the Me one too. who, yeah, it was terrible, horrible, but it is, you know, and it took me when I, when I went off and I started doing things and choosing my own destiny, that's when my life changed, you know, and I was in victim mode up until that moment. And, the, the, the way you get out of that process, first of all, there's a real simple way to get out of it. Um, the first thing you do is start listening to your vocabulary because, you know, your present moment, as I said, is a conscious choice. And what you're focused on is what you're getting. But sometimes we're subconsciously focused. In fact, the majority of your day, you're subconsciously focused. You know, mm. 90% of your day, you're, you're in your subconscious mind. And the interesting thing is, is that you can always find out where you, what you're creating by just listening to what you're saying about your present moment. So, because that's the only moment of creation. The past is simply a, a um, storehouse of memories of present moments. The future is just your goals for present moments coming forward. Okay, so can we play a little game? Sure. Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a writing coach. I write sure. books and I love words. So what would you do or what would you say to me if I said, I'm hoping that this will blah, 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 blah. Or I really, I, I need whatever. Or 
I, please help me. I want whatever. What, I mean, what do you think of those words, wanting, hoping, needing, trying? Well, it, I will say that if in your present moment you are wanting, hoping, needing, or trying, you're really going to have a life of wanting, hoping, needing, and trying because that's where your focus is. And so, in, in other words, in your present moment, you're saying that you're not doing anything, that you're lacking something. And if you could change those words, those are the words I would change. Those are the first words I would change. I would say, take wanting, needing, hoping, trying out of my vocabulary. And the way you, the way you take them out is simply by recognizing when you were actually saying them and then changing them. Changing them to something active like creating, enjoying, you know, you know, building, you know, moving forward. I am. Anything you put after I am is what you are creating. So instead of I am hoping to be successful, it would be I am successful. So whether you really feel that or whether it happens to be in your mind true at the moment, if you say that, then you're going to manifest that. Right. And, and, and your belief is, is the key element to it. You know, your faith about your outcome. And sometimes, you know, you can be, you know, a hundred pounds overweight like me. Right. And I, I can say, I can say, and I've, by the way, I've just lost 63 pounds, so it's good. Yeah, you. <laughs> um, but you can, you can actually say, um, uh, you know, thank, thank you for the thin body I am receiving. Because the motion of receiving means it's happening as well. I mean, I can look down right now and not see my shoes. Right, right. But so it's hard for me to say I have a thin body. Right. If I'm, if I'm you know, overrun with debt. It's hard for me to say I am successful, but it's really easy to say I am becoming successful. I am saying words that are in active motion towards my desired outcome. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah, it does. And in, in my personal life, what I found is it's kind of physics that mm-hmm. if I keep saying, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want to be that way. You know, your head is pointing in the direction and focused on what you don't want. And eventually your whole body and your feet and everything are then going towards the things you said you didn't want. Right. The so, simplest, simplest thing to remember is that the universe, the God, the, whatever, whatever creates for us, doesn't think in positives or negatives. It only thinks in focus. So if you're focused on, I don't want that, you're actually focused on that. Yeah. And so you have to shift your mindset to, okay, I am successful. I'm not in debt, right? I'm becoming successful. So you're not focusing on, on getting out of the debt. You're focusing on, uh, was it Bob Proctor once said, he says, uh, whether it's, you know, whether it's good debt or bad debt, don't think about debt, think about prosperity. And that's important, you know, because that, that prosperity is, is what's going to create the outcome, right? Right. The the five F's talk about fearless. We, We have to get past our fear. We have to get focused on the outcome, which is the part I said about the landing, right? Fearlessly focused with faith. So you're believing in the outcome. Fearlessly focused. The next thing you got to do is follow through. You have to take the actions that get you to the next space. And the interesting thing about that is that that's where most people fall down. And what happens is in that moment when they're going to do something, they fall back into their natural fears. You know, if you had somebody in your past who told you that you can't achieve anything, that you're a, a worthless bum, or that you know, or you had friends who just picked on you to help make themselves feel powerful, you know, but you have that mindset that's going to hold you in place and you have to actually get past that, that past conditioning 
and say, okay, no, no, right here in this present moment, I am the one. Now, to get to the successful outcome, no successful outcome has ever magically appeared. Successful, right. and here, here's the biggest struggle that I see with people is they think that they have to get to the outcome. And that's not the way it works. The way it works is you have one conscious moment and it's your present moment. And your job is to make these small, little, tiny, successful present moments. And if you make these small, little, tiny, successful present moments and build upon the next successful moment, what happens is that giant outcome surrounds you in your present moment. So it's coming to you dependent on the small actions you take. It doesn't have to be something daunting and giant, right? Yeah, but so it's if, just the next best step. What's the just, next best step? Right. And then and make sure you do the next best step well. You know, because the, here's the here's the next thing. A lot of times people will say, "Okay, I'm doing the next step." And something doesn't go the way they plan. And they go, oh, "I'm so dumb. Why did I do that?" Yeah. Well, they just wasted the next moment. Right? The next moment. Here's the here's the gift I'll give to you right now. <laughs> right? The best gift I can give you right now is that when something doesn't go the way you plan, Tell yourself you're silly. <laughs> go, go, go say, oh, that's silly because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm successful, yeah, right? Yeah. And just go to the next moment. Make it light and, and lighthearted because that feeling is also a positive moment, right? So make your, even your bad moments, make them, a, make them a, a positive moment as well. Yeah. I, in my head, that's the power of oops. Yeah, <laughs> right, know, right. We start making things so big. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't take chicken out of the refrigerator to bake tonight so my kids will have food. Oh no, my kids are going to starve to death. Ah. And then I just go, oops. Well, right. what are we going to do instead? Well, you know, it's my love. My kids love pancakes for dinner, breakfast oh, yeah, for dinner. And breakfast you know, pancakes are easy and they don't need to thaw out for eight hours or whatever. So yeah, so what I hear you saying meshes up with my oops <laughs> and just kind of <laughs> well, you know, laugh it off and brush it off well, and say, okay, well. You know, it's a natural thing we do in parenting as well. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, you know, when, when, when a, a small child, a toddler falls down, they look to see how you're gonna react. Mm-hmm. You know? And like, I don't know, I know with my son, Every time he would fall down like that, we would go boom, and he would <laughs> and he and he would go boom, and he'd giggle and he'd get up right. Mm-hmm. But if we'd have gone, <gasps> he'd have he'd have been afraid. Mm-hmm. He'd have had a, a fear response, right? So right. we're we're just changing the, the the negative into a positive, right? Right. So I'm looking at my notes. Go back through the five S's F's F. F. Well, so far I, going, I missed one somewhere. We're 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 still one coming. There's right. Um, there's fearlessly focus with faith, follow through, and the last one's flexibility. And, and flexibility is an interesting one because something always comes up that seems contrary to what we're trying to achieve. And here's the biggest lesson that I learned in that moment. You know, this, my, my back injury was a moment of huge flexibility for me because I had to remain flexible and, and decide that I'm not stopped because those moments of, of, uh, of uh, ad- adversity, moments of adversity, you get to choose whether you stop or go, right? It's a red light or a green light. And right. in, this, in this moment, I look, at, I look at every moment that comes up that seems contrary as, oh, my subconscious mind is showing me this because it has to be either addressed, uh, incorporated, or forgotten. You know, it's just part of the process to get it because I'm getting that. If this came up, it's because I have to deal with it. 
mm -hmm. get to that, right? It's just another step on the path in my mind. And that has really taken me to huge places. You know, I've, right now I've been to 30 countries around the world. Wow. I, climbed, I climbed to the top of uh, Mount Sinai. I've been on Machu Picchu. I've been in the Great Pyramid of Giza. You know, I've been all over the world, front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan. And it, every time I've come into a moment of adversity, I've gone, oh, well, why, did, why am I bringing that into my experience? Because this is the outcome I'm looking for. You know, the one I'm working on right now and still kind of struggling with is, is you know, how do I get the hair back? <laughs> well, okay, so let's work on that. <laughs> my problem is it slid down my back. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, no. oh, TMI, TMI. Um, well, but no, because, you know, when you're talking, I'm seeing, you know, somebody keeps checking, um, you know, I'm swimming along and the water's nice and level and I'm having a good time and soaking up the sun and somebody throws a pebble in front of me and it splashes me in the face and, you know, it gets my hair wet and I don't want my hair wet right. or they drop a boulder there and mm -hmm. I see the boulder coming and now what do I do? So how do we, how do we ourself, you know, we're talking about self, like self-defeating talk and how do I myself handle those obstacles that keep getting put in front of me. Yeah. Well, the first thing you do, like I said, is stay focused on the outcome. What are you, where are you going? What are you landing? Where are you landing? You know, you, like I said, don't focus on the jump. Don't focus on the fall. Focus on the pad that you're going to land on. Right. It's the same thing here. If, if you're, if you're, things are happening. Now in the examples that you've given, usually what happens in those circumstances, somebody's throwing a rock, someone's doing that. It's an interpersonal issue between two people. Right. Now, here's, here's one, of the, the, one of the lessons that I learned, and it was one of the ones when I was studying how the mind works. Um, we live in a, in, with a, pol, um, a polarity. There's positive, there's negative, right? And if you break that down on, on a psychological level, it comes down to love and fear, right? And love has many names. And I don't mean romantic love. I'm, you know, I'm talking about respect is also love. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when we have our interpersonal issues with people, it's because they're not respecting us or we're not respecting them, you know, or we're not showing a, a loving and kind way. And it mm -hmm. creates, creates an adversity, right? And the reality of it is, is that you can take anybody who's in a bad mood and bring them into a good mood. And I do it in restaurants all the time. It's one of my favorite things. I go into a restaurant and I, <laughs> if the waiter comes over and they're in a bad mood, the server comes over in a bad mood, I make it my job to make them laugh and smile and chat with me about their life. And it's interesting because all I got to do is just smile at them first, you know, mm -hmm. love them first. When I did Renaissance Festival, I, I used to share a stage with a guy who would go on stage and for 20 minutes, he, had, he warmed the audience up so that they'd like him. And the, one of the best compliments I ever got in my life was another performer. He says, John, he says, I don't get it. They go on stage, they work for 20 minutes to, to get the audience to like him. And you walk on stage and they just adore you. And I said, well, there's a big reason. It's because I love them first. You know, I walked on stage not expecting them to dislike me. Mm -hmm. and, and so because I didn't expect that and I just expected a loving experience, that's what I got. You know, and so the best story I can tell about that, it, it's a, it's, I'll try to abbreviate it because it's a fairly long one. <laughs> Please. Um, so when I, went to, when I went to Egypt and traveled all, all over Egypt, I, um, everywhere I went, I was treated like a prince, 
like, like an absolute prince, treated me wonderfully. I mean, people were making meals for me that, that, that they heard that I liked a certain food. So they would make special meals for me. Wow. And I ended up climbing Mount Sinai. And, you know, you, you start climbing in the middle of the night, one o'clock in the morning. And the reason you start at one o'clock is because you reach the top at sunrise. And so you leave at one so you get to see the sunrise from the top of Mount Sinai in the middle of the Sinai wow. Peninsula. Amazing. Halfway up the mountain, and it's about a four hour climb. Halfway up the mountain, I hear my name in the darkness, John, John. And I'll tell you what, that's pretty trippy to be climbing Mount Sinai and hearing your name called in the darkness. <laughs> and I'm like, well, but it wasn't God. It was, um, <laughs> it was the manager of the hotel I was staying at hmm. running up the mountain to give me a coat because he thought I'd be cold. That's, wow. how I was, that's how I was treated. Next day, I came down off the mountain and I went to St. Catherine's Monastery at the base. And there was a, and a guy there. He walked. He said, hey, you're American, aren't you? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm American. He says, he says, have you been having problems since you've been here? And I said, no, everybody's been treating me like a prince. He says, everywhere I go, want to go, people want to fight me. Oh, Five minutes later, I wanted to kick the guy's butt. <laughs> <laughs> he was a jerk, right? Yeah, but he had something on his forehead that said, kick me, you know, because of his he attitude. Was out. He was putting out fear. Because mm -hmm. anybody who's putting out anger like that, it's because they're afraid. You know, it's a fear of being taken advantage of. It's a fear of being hurt or attacked. And right. so he was putting that out. He had that experience. I was putting out, and I, mean, I mean, I had amazingly loving experiences with everybody I met, including the Bedouins out in the middle of the Sinai Peninsula, side wow. of the road. They were just wonderful. That's cool. So, John, I know we're getting close to running out of time. So I, before we run out of time, I want you to tell my listeners where they can learn more about you and how you work with mindsets to, you know, bring out the action hero in each of us. Well, I, um, I'm, you can find me first at corporateactionhero.com. Um, and I have a YouTube channel, Corporate Action Hero on YouTube as well. And um, on that website, there's a bunch of information about how to achieve, you know, more in your life and the, and the videos, especially in the vlog. Um, I also, uh, it, I can share with your listeners a, a workbook they can take, uh, a link. I'll give it to you, Arlene. You can share it with them if you'd like. Okay. Um, and um, basically, that's the 5F workbook. It, shows, it, it takes you through your process of achieving more in your life and getting over your fears and, and setting your goals and getting them achieved. Um, cool. And you can find me, like I said, on corporateactionhero.com. And I'm on Facebook as well and LinkedIn as well. And I'm all over the place there. And as far as, as far as what I do, I mainly am a, am a, a keynote speaker, um, but I take on a few clients a year and it's very few just because I, I, I want to make sure I give everybody this, enough time. It's, it, I do that less for the, 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 the paycheck and more for the, you know, I want to take certain people and take them to the next level. And, um, but I only do like 10 people a year. And so they, they can contact me if they're interested in talking about that finding out more about that uh, right through my website, just hit the contact form. So if anybody's organizing an event and if you need a speaker or somebody that's going to really change and create a positive mindset and help you see things beyond your wild, wildest imaginations, you got to connect with John. He, he is that person. And I'm going to make a little confession. I cyber stalked you. Ooh. Oh no. Oh no. Oh yeah. You guys, you got to go to YouTube. How do they find you on YouTube? Uh, corporate action hero. Just search corporate action hero on Google. You'll find me everywhere. 
So the first thing I got to say about it, you got to go see his YouTube video because how he gets these people, these strangers, he pulls out of the audience to trust him or mm -hmm. vice versa. Because I mean, he has these people aiming a whip at him and swinging a whip and it's mind boggling. I, you know, that, that's, that's the most impressive thing that happens on stage is I bring someone in under five minutes, they learn to crack whip and take targets out of my hand without ever hitting me. And it's, it's amazing. All, it literally is about changing their mind from learning the skill to knowledge of the skill and getting them to pass their fear. It's me actually demonstrating how the five F's work. And if you go to my, you, my, my, my uh, website and you go to the four planners page and you go down, you're going to find a video called five F results. And the five F results video is me taking a person through that process. It's, it's really amazing. Kind of pretty cool. It's amazing. The other thing that's amazing is I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to say this word right, but I'm going to say it based on the meaning it has for me is numb chucks. Because when I tried to do them one time, I was numb from about the middle of the head down between, you know, between my shoulders. And it took me weeks to get rid of those bruises and knots, but you will, and you, you use them with the purpose and there's a reason why you use them. But wow, how'd you learn how to use those so flawlessly and effortlessly? I was very much into martial arts in my 20s and I kept it up all through my life. And um, I used to, in fact, when I was in my 20s, I used to go, to, at, well, I lived in a beach resort. So in the, in the, in the wintertime, there was hardly anybody there, but there was one arcade that was open that we all hung out in. And the guy who owned the arcade was a, was a, uh, thai, um, taekwondo instructor. So he let us come in and work out there. So all winter long, I was doing nunchucks in the, <laughs> in the room with them. And uh, so wow. I've been doing nunchucks now. Oh, I'm 56 now. So I've been doing it for over 30 years. Wow. That's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> anyway, find John Davis because he, I mean, your, his YouTube videos will just, they'll amaze you. Um, so before we go in the remaining minutes, I want to put you on the hot seat. Uh -oh. You ready? <laughs> this is my favorite part of the show. Okay. So I guess I shouldn't rejoice so much in the misery I'm about to inflict. That's kind of poor sportsmanship, isn't it? <laughs> anyway. Okay. So this is mindset meets mastery. So pick one mindset that you had as you were starting out that could have potentially stopped you in your tracks if you hadn't changed that mindset? My father had a nickname for me and it was the bum. The bum? And the bum. I was the bum. And for the longest time, that word had very deep and painful meanings for me. And it was, there was a moment where I decided that I'm just going to be a beach bum and have a good time and change the mind into, it's a positive thing, right? And I actually went out and bought luggage that said bum equipment on it. <laughs> it actually said bum. So I had to walk around. I, I shifted the focus of what the meaning of it was for me. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. All those people who ha have those past experience of people who wanted to limit them, you know, it literally is a choice. And, and the, the only moment you have to make the choice is this present moment. So in this present moment, just change your words, change your focus, and realize that the past, there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it anyway. Right. So start anew. Jesus said, uh, what was it Jesus said? He said, uh, be born again, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so be born again. But Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Just be something different now. Right. I, I, I love the be born again because it's, it's permission to start anew. It's permission right. to change your mindset. 
And um, every moment of your life is a chance to start anew. Yeah. So the yesterday does not have to define today. Your past does not have to define your future. It is a choice. And I, I so want people to, to hear that. So the next hot seat question is, what do you think is the number one positive mindset that helped you overcome the things that you had to do to get to where you are today? The number one positive mindset was um, I literally got really seriously focused on being an action hero. Like I, I, I got that name. My license plate on my car outside says action hero. Oh, because wow. I, I was so focused on. And so I started to embody what that meant. So for me, it was the idea of I'm invincible. You know, I, I, nothing's going to harm me. And I stopped the, one of the biggest mindsets that was a shift was not caring so much what other people said about me mm -hmm. because they don't define me. You know, I define me. Everybody on this earth is unique and the world needs you to be you because mm -hmm. that's why you're you, right? <laughs> right. That's why you're here. A lot of times we have issues where people want to, will get into a relationship. They'll try to change somebody. Right. That relationship's going to fail because, you know, they're not letting them be them. Right. Right. So the choice, the positive mindset of I am going to be me no matter what was the thing that carried me forward. And I achieved, I've achieved amazing things in my life. I'm very, very lucky. I'm very proud of the things that I've achieved and, you know, going to the front lines and, and working with the soldiers and everything that, that to me was the probably my greatest achievement that I've ever done. But you got where you are because you lived the persona of an action hero. You took action. Moment. In the present moment. In I didn't put anything moment. off. I didn't put anything off to tomorrow. Cool. I set my goals for tomorrow, but I lived my present moment. So that's kind of where I want to leave us is if you could pick just one, one golden nugget, something that listeners could apply to their life to take that next best step to becoming an action hero in their life, what would that one golden nugget be? The one gold, golden nugget I would have to say is, first of all, give yourself a break. You know, that's the biggest one. The, a lot of times, you know, we're the hardest on ourselves. I, you know, I wouldn't let anybody else talk about you the way you talk about you. And I don't mean you are the, but anybody, we yeah. all talk about ourselves in that way. But, um, right, right, right. So give yourself a break. Take that big breath. When you feel yourself tense and tightened up, let all the air out of your lungs. Just let it out. It'll feel so much better. You know, that, 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 that breath, that feeling of that breath, that relaxation is why people get, become addicted because they're so tense. They're finding something that lets them breathe. You take a look at a smoker, they go, oh. look at a drinker, they go, oh. right? <laughs> Me, when I used to have pizza, pizza addiction, oh. right? Yeah. <laughs> and that breath is, we give ourselves permission to let our breath out. So instead of giving yourself permission by something external, just give yourself permission to breathe and just get refocused. It's not, it's not hard. We live in a predominantly positive world. I, I agree. I think that most people are positive and most people are accepting. I think we are our own worst enemies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and grace is an amazing gift and it's been given to us and it's been given for us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, stop comparing ourselves to other people because we're not that person. We were not meant to be that person and that is okay. And boy, I can't tell you, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, and I'm trying not to count all the times that if I had stopped and taken a breath before I said, 
or did <laughs> We're all blank, fill in the blank. <laughs> uh, you know, We're if I had taken that breath, how different my life might be, some of my relationships might be. But here's another one, though. You know, like I said, the past is already done. Let go of regret. Yeah. Let go of regret because there's a, it's already done. Choose something new. Make a new life. Move forward. Uh, you know, I, I, in my life, I've been a, a stuntman, a fight director, a college professor, a theme park director. I, you know, I've done amazing things. I'm a corporate speaker. I'm a coach. You know, and it's all because every moment of my life, I was choosing to do something different and choose to do something more. Okay, so at the very beginning, I said that we were going to challenge you to what on earth can a comic sword fighting stunt man teach us? <laughs> and there you have it. Stop and <laughs> take a deep breath. Stop, Stop comparing yourself to other people. Be an action hero, not a reaction zero. Action hero, not a reaction zero. I like that. I think I'm going to spray paint that on my office wall. <laughs> um, action hero, not a reaction zero. Um, John, I know there's so much more that we could learn from you. Um, I, I hope that someday when COVID is over that I can get to see you in person because I still can't believe that you stand there and let people aim a bullwhip <laughs> at your at your head or your fingers or your arm or any part of you. <laughs> and you know what's funny is the first time I did that routine, I did it at a local event here in, in Ohio where I am. And it was flawless the first time. And the reason it was flawless the first time is because I set a goal and I just went into it very confident that it was going to happen. And that's how we live our life. Set our goal, look at where we're going to land and, and stay confident, have our faith in the outcome and we'll, you'll get there. Okay. You just summed up what an action hero is. <laughs> so again, John Davis, I thank you so much for your time. I know you're a very busy person, but you have a wealth of information that you shared. And I hope that people will listen and re-listen and re-listen until they can apply the five F's. I've got them written down and I can see so much value there. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Oh, you are quite welcome. And I hope to see some of your, your listeners on, on uh, corporateactionhere.com. We'll, I'll share some more stories with them there if they want. Okay, that would be great. So everybody connect with John Davis. He is a brilliant man. And you know, in this hour, we could not touch all the pieces of wisdom that he has. So do connect with him your life will be changed for the positive because of that. So with that, I am going to say goodbye to everybody and stay tuned for next week. Um, you can join me same time on bbsradio.com, Mindset Meets Mastery, for a next, our next fabulous guest talking about how our mindsets hinder us from achieving success mastery in whatever form that means to us. Take care. See you. Thank you for joining Mindset Meets Mastery with Arlene Gale, the expert in helping people write stories to build and expand their business. Join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll talk more about how mindsets can help or hinder our success. Until then, be mindful of the stories you tell yourself about what is or is not possible. Don't let the world dictate your success. And please visit bookwritingbusiness.com to grow your business by telling your professional or personal stories.